نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات آمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له فأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily the praise belongs to Allah, we praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds. Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray and whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide him. I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone. And I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger. We would like to begin this evening uh, as we normally do by mentioning briefly the points that we covered in the previous lecture. Uh, in the previous lecture, I think uh, that was lecture number 12, we discussed from the uh, book of Imam Abu Ja'fa Al-Tahawi Rahimahullah Al-Aqeedah Al-Tahawiyya We discussed point number 42 Point number 43 And point number 45 And point number 43 Imam Al-Tahawi Rahimahullah says وَالْمِثَاقُ الَّذِي أَخَذَهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى مِنْ آدَمْ وَذُرِّيَتِهِ حَقٌّ uh, that the mithaq or the covenant, the promise that Allah had taken from Adam alayhi salam, the first man and the first prophet, and which he has also taken from the offspring or the children of Adam alayhi salam, that this covenant, this mithaq, confirmed definite covenant or agreement, it is haqq, it is true, it is real, there is no doubt about it. And we talked about this mithaq and said that before Allah brought into the world the human beings, He passed His hand, His right hand over the back of Adam salam, and caused to come from His loins all of his offspring, that means the whole of humanity, every human being that was going to live until Yawm Qiyamah and he asked them am I not your Lord, alastu bi rabbikum and they agreed that in fact, yes it is so and this testimony that Allah caused every one of the human beings who was going to live in this world up until Yawm Qiyamah to this, this testimony that everyone made it is a proof against the human beings on Yawm Qiyamah no one will be able to say that we didn't know we didn't know who was our Lord who should be worshipped or any such argument so this was the oath or the agreement or the pact or the covenant Al-Mithaq that Allah took from Adam salam and his offspring all of the human beings uh, also, 
We mentioned some of the hadith concerning this, which were reported in the different books, uh, giving some details concerning this mithaq. Secondly, we mentioned point number 43, where Imam al-Tahawi, rahimahullah, may Allah have mercy on him, said, وَقَدْ عَلِمَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى فِيمَا لَمْ يَزَلْ That before the existence of time, or from the very beginning, Allah knew عَدَدَ مَنْ يَدْخُلُ الْجَنَّةِ وَعَدَدَ مَنْ يَدْخُلُ النَّارِ جُمْلَةً وَاحِدَةً فَلَا يُزْدَادُ فِي ذَلِكَ الْعَدَدُ وَلَا يَنْقُصُ مِنْهُ That from the beginning, Allah knew the number of the people who would enter the paradise and the number of those who would enter the fire totally يعني, he knew that total number you can say without uh, any uh, defect in his knowledge the complete knowledge of such in detail the exact number and as we mentioned the hadith concerning such the Prophet told his companions that there were two books and in one of those books was the names of the people of paradise and the names of their parents and the names of their tribes and so on uh, with total detail and in the other book the names of the people of the hellfire and their parents and their tribes and so on uh, this you can say is uh, a point concerning the perfect and complete knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that his knowledge is not only of everything that exists now but he knew even before now everything that was going to exist as well he knows everything that happened in the past and included in that knowledge is the knowledge of the people of paradise and the knowledge of the people of hellfire and you can say that this is as a point of uh, the sifat the of Allah or the characteristics of Allah Allah's perfect knowledge it is from the tawheed of al-asma wa sifat from the tawheed of asma wa sifat we know that Allah has all the perfect names and perfect characteristics and part of His perfection is His complete and perfect knowledge. But also, it is from the Tawheed of Ar-Rububiyyah because it is an aspect of Al-Qadr wal-Qadha and Qadr wal-Qadha uh, is part of the Tawheed of Rububiyyah, Allah's Lordship, that He has power over everything, that nothing comes into existence except by His will and everything uh, is known to Him and written before and is executed by him uh, without any, yeah, any exception to that which he wills. Whatever he wills will be, and whatever he does not will, it will not be. So Allah also, we can say that Allah knew here who would enter the paradise and the hellfire, and it was written, and Allah would bring it into existence. The, the next point, uh, point number 44, Imam Al-Tahawi rahimahullah says, وَكَذَلِكَ أَفْعَالُهُمْ فِيمَا عَلِمَ مِنْهُمْ أَنْ يَفْعَلُوهُ And also in the same way, Allah has complete and perfect knowledge of their actions, the actions of His creatures, يعني, exactly what they would do. وَكُلٌّ مُيَسِّرٌ لِمَا خُلِقَ لَهُ and this is a quotation actually from one of the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa which we mentioned that everyone uh, it will be made easy for everyone to do that which he has been created for يعني, the actions of the people of hellfire or the actions of the people of paradise will be made easy for those who are destined for those places everyone will have it made easy for him to do 
the deed of his destination, whether paradise or hellfire. And also, Al Imam Al Tahawi says, bil and this is also a portion of a hadith of the Prophet وسلم, that actions will be judged by their final, the end, the last actions. A person's last actions will determine their destination. So that those who die doing the deeds of the people of paradise would enter the paradise, and likewise those who die making their last deeds, the deeds of the people of hellfire, would enter the hellfire. وَالسَّعِيدُ مَنْ سَعِدَ بِقَضَاءِ اللَّهِ وَالشَّقِيُّ مَنْ شَقِيَ بِقَضَاءِ اللَّهِ And the Sa'id or the happy one or the fortunate one is the one who is fortunate by Allah's qada, by Allah's decree and execution of His decree and the one who is wretched or miserable or unhappy from the people of hellfire is the one that is so due to Allah's divine qada execution of his will and we mentioned also some hadith concerning this the last point hadith, uh, point number 45 and remember how he says وَأَصْلُ الْقَضْرِ سِرُّ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى عَلَى فِي خَلْقِهِ that the origin or the root of al-qadr is that it is the secret of Allah the Most High in his creation it is a secret the qadr is something that is known only to Allah alone. لم يطلع على ذلك ملك مقرب ولا نبي مرسل and no one can know about these things not even a near angel or a sent prophet. وتعمق والنظر في ذلك ذريعة الخذلان وسلم الحرمان ودرجة التغيان. and whoever looks deeply into these things and tries to search into them deeply then it will be the opening to him being left astray and it will be a stairway leading to him being prohibited or cut off from the knowledge and it is a degree or a yeah, going beyond the bounds of what Allah has said or what Allah has said فَالْحَذَرَ كُلَّ حَذَرَ مِنْ ذَلِكَ نَظَرًا وَفِكْرًا وَوَسْوَسَةً فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى تَوَى عِلْمِ الْقَضْرِ عَنْ أَنَامِهِ وَنَاهَاهُمْ عَنْ مَرَامِهِ So you should be warned to be careful to avoid such things, to look into those things, to reflect upon them, to allow doubts or whispering to come into your mind concerning the qadr, which is the secret of Allah, and the human being cannot know it. For verily Allah the Most High has sealed up or rolled up the knowledge of Qadr from His creatures and He has prohibited them to seek it. كَمَا قَالَ تَعَالَ فِي كِتَابِهِ لَا يُسْأَلُوا عَمَّا يَفْعَلْ وَهُمْ يُسْأَلُونَ As Allah said in His book that He is not to be questioned about what He does but they will be questioned. Yani the human beings are questioned about their actions but Allah is not to be questioned. Yani what Allah has decreed in His Qadr we accept it and we don't have doubt about the wisdom of it, even if it's something that appears to be bad. فَمَنْ سَأَلَ لِمَا فَعَلَ So whoever asked the question, why did Allah do this? Yani questioning the wisdom of Allah's actions, when Allah has decreed something. No one should question Allah. Does Allah know what He is doing? Does Allah know best about what He is doing? Should it have been a different way? No one has the right to question Allah. When anything was executed, it was brought into existence, it happened, then we know that that's by Allah's decree. Whether it appears to be good or bad to us, we accept it and we submit to it and we don't question Allah because Allah is all-knowing and all-wise 
and Allah is just. And there is no injustice in what Allah has decreed. So whoever asks, why? Why does Allah do such and such and so and so? فَقَدْ رَدَّ حُكْمَ الْكِتَابِ وَمَنْ رَدَّ حُكْمَ الْكِتَابِ كَانَ مِنَ الْكَافِرِينَ So whoever questions Allah's decree or questions Allah's action, that person has rejected a ruling from the book of Allah and whoever questions or rejects a ruling from the book of Allah, that person has become a disbeliever. This is just a quick summary of what we discussed last week. And uh, we have been actually uh, going over this topic of Al-Qadr for some time. We have uh, discussed it in some detail previously and now we came back to it again. Uh, which indicates that it is a topic that it can be discussed in brief. It can be summarized. Uh, the main points of it and also there are much details that might be discussed which we haven't until now covered yani, completely. So actually we will come back to Qadr before we finish probably at least once again. Uh, and today inshallah there is some points concerning yani, directly or indirectly related to Qadr also. The next point of Imam At-Tahawi rahimahullah he says in point number 46 فَهَذَا جُمْلَةُ مَا يَحْتَاجُ إِلَيْهِ مَنْ هُوَ مُنَوَّرٌ قَلْبُهُ مِنْ أَوْلِيَاءُ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى وَهُوَ دَرَجَةُ الْرَاسِخِينَ فِي الْعِلْمِ يعني that this, what has been mentioned up until now, especially the matters related to Al-Qadr and the Rububiyyah or the Lordship of Allah and His control and ruling and maintaining the universe, that this is some of what هَذَا جُمْلَةُ مَا يَحْتَاجُ إِلَيْهِ مَنْ هُوَ مُنَوَّرٌ قَلْبُهُ مِنْ أَوْلِيَاءُ اللَّهِ يعني that those who are the friends of Allah, the awliya of Allah, the wali of Allah, those who believe and who have taqwa, as Allah described or defined the wali in the Qur'an, it is those who believe and who have taqwa. Not some special uh, miraculous people or some strange creatures, but the awliya of Allah are those who believe in Him and who have taqwa. So whoever is from the awliya of Allah and Allah has enlightened their heart, He has put light into their heart, proper guidance and light and sight to the right way, then this, what has been mentioned before now, is a summary or some of what that person or those people will need, need to believe in and need to implement or to practice in our lives. And also it is a daraja or a degree دَرَجَةُ الرَّاسِخِينَ فِي الْعِلْمِ And it is a degree uh, of those firmly grounded in knowledge. The رَاسِخِينَ or the رَاسِخُونَ is also mentioned in the Qur'an in Surah Ali Imran chapter 3 verse 7 where Allah mentions the ayat in the Qur'an, the muhkamat and the mutashabihat. That the, the Qur'an is composed of muhkamat ayat which are clear and they are the basis of the book. أُمُّ الْكِتَابِ and the mutashabihat, those ayats which have possibly more than one meaning. It's possible to understand it one way or another. And they should be understood in light of the muhkamat, the clear ayats. Allah says that there are two types of ayats and that those who have a disease in their heart are those who follow and seek after the mutashabihat, the unclear ayats, in order to interpret it the way that would be pleasing to them. 
then he says وَالرَّاسِخُونَ فِي الْعِلْمِ يَقُولُونَ آمَنَّا بِهِ كُلٌّ مِنْ عِنْدِ رَبِّنَا وَمَا يَذَّكَّرُوا إِلَّا أُولُ الْأَلْبَابِ This is in Surah Al-Iman verse 7 that the Rasikhuna, those who are firmly grounded in knowledge they say we believe in it, all of it is from our Lord we accept all of it, it is from our Lord uh, and only those who would take heed yani those who would take heed are only those, the Ulul Albab those who have understanding, the people of understanding so here Rasikhuna is used in the Quran also to refer to those people who understand the deen and who submit themselves totally to Allah all of it, not taking part and leaving part but it is all from Allah and we accept it all and submit to it all then Al-Imam Al-Tahawi goes on to say in this point concerning knowledge لِأَنَّ الْعِلْمِ ilman that knowledge is of two types ilm fil khalqi mawjood wa ilm fil khalqi mafkood that there is knowledge that is present or accessible to the human beings this is referring to the sharia the law of Allah and the Quran and sunnah this is present and it is accessible to the human beings this is one type of knowledge ilm fil khalqi mawjood it is present and accessible وَعِلْمْ فِي الْخَلْقِ مَفْقُودٍ and there is a knowledge that is مَفْقُودٍ it's lost means it's not accessible it's not available to the human beings ilm مَفْقُود and this refers to that, that knowledge which is exclusively belonging to Allah alone whether it is the knowledge of Qadr or other things that are exclusively the knowledge of Allah alone that the human beings cannot know the knowledge of the unseen, the knowledge of the future, the knowledge of the day of judgment and so on as Allah mentioned in the Quran مفاتي الغيب the keys of the unseen that are known only to Allah no one else knows them except if Allah reveals something from that to a prophet or a messenger to the extent that Allah gives it to them, they can only know. فَإِنْكَارُ عِلْمَ الْمَوْجُودِ كُفْرٌ Whoever rejects the ilm al-mawjood, the present knowledge, the sharia, whoever rejects that knowledge, this is kufr, disbelief. وَالدِّعَاءُ عِلْمَ الْمَفْقُودِ كُفْرٌ And whoever claims to have knowledge of the mafqood, yani the unaccessible knowledge, or the knowledge that's not present or available to the human beings, Whoever claims that knowledge, this is also kufr. To deny the knowledge of sharia is kufr. And to claim to have knowledge of the unseen things that belong to Allah alone is also kufr. وَلَا يَثْبُتُ الْإِيمَانِ إِلَّا بِكُبُورِ الْعِلْمَ الْمَوْجُودِ وَتَرْكِ طَلَبِ الْعِلْمَ الْمَفْقُودِ And no one's iman, their faith, no one's faith will be firm and established except that they accept and submit to the present knowledge the available knowledge that is the, the, the sharia and they leave off seeking they should not seek such knowledge go after the knowledge of qadr or the knowledge that Allah has kept exclusively for himself and the way to be firm in one's deen is to accept the knowledge of the sharia and to leave off searching for the knowledge that belongs to Allah alone here, a Shaykh Muhammad Al-Khunis, in his brief explanation of this point, he says that that which has been previously mentioned is sort of a summary of what a person is in need to be aware of and to know about, and that they should have faith in 
that is those who Allah has given light to their hearts or enlightened their hearts from the awliya of Allah, the friends of Allah or I don't know what other word we may use to translate it awliya Allah <coughs> and also it is a degree whoever has this knowledge has a degree of the rasikuna fil ilm of those who are firmly established in knowledge whoever has this knowledge they have a degree of the rasikhin fil ilm those who accept and take their knowledge from that which has been given to Allah they accept it and they surrender themselves to it totally without any resistance then he explains the point of the two types of knowledge that the ilm mawjood is the ilm of the sharia the fundamentals of the sharia as well as the branches of the sharia usuluha wa furuha usuluha the usul of the sharia is the aqidah and the furu the secondary branches is the laws the fiqh both of these parts of the sharia have to be accepted yani the sharia in reference to aqidah as well as the sharia in reference to the laws and rules the fundamentals usul as well as the branches furu the second type of knowledge is the mafqood that which is not accessible to the human beings he says that this is the knowledge of qadr which Allah has prevented his creatures from having whoever denies the knowledge the present knowledge of sharia this is kufr because they have denied the text the words of the quran and sunnah the sharia that came through quran and sunnah which is available to them and they are required to accept it and to follow it whoever rejects this they have fallen into disbelief and whoever claims the knowledge of qadr or the knowledge of the unseen whoever says that i have knowledge of such things the knowledge of the unseen as we find usually amongst the people who follow the turuq sufiya the sufi uh, groups usually you will find the leaders or the founders of those such groups claiming to have knowledge of the unseen whoever claims to have knowledge of the un, of the unseen or of qadr or such things which allah has kept to himself the knowledge of it and he has not given to the creatures then this person also has denied the text that came in the sharia in the quran and sunnah in reference to that knowledge which allah has made exclusive for himself and no one's faith will be firm uh nor can we judge that person to be a mu'min or a believer know what his iman remain with him except that he accepts the al-ilm al-mawjood the sharia knowledge and he does not seek to achieve or to reach the reality of the ilm al-mafqood the hidden knowledge or the inaccessible knowledge or the knowledge that is exclusive to Allah alone uh here is yani worth mentioning also uh that of the al-ilm al-mafqood there is mentioned in surah al-jinn chapter 72 verse 26 and 27 the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala about himself one of the sifat of Allah is that he is alimul ghaib and Allah says here in the in this ayah alimul ghaib fala yuzhiru ala ghaibihi ahadan that Allah is the one who has knowledge of the unseen he is the one who has knowledge of the unseen fala yuzhiru ala ghaibihi ahadan and he doesn't reveal it to anyone 
Allah doesn't reveal the knowledge of the unseen to anyone. إلا من ارتضى من رسول فإنه يسلك من بين يديه ومن خلفه رصدا. Only the only exception is that those whom Allah may be pleased with إلا من ارتضى من رسول. If Allah sent a messenger, whether from the angels or a messenger from the human beings, then Allah might, if He is pleased, to give some knowledge to that messenger from the angels or from the human beings, some knowledge of the unseen about future events or so on or past events, then Allah may give them some knowledge according to His will. فَإِنَّهُ يَسْلُكُ مِنْ بَيْنِ يَدَيْهِ وَمِنْ خَلْفِهِ رَصَدًا And Allah has put on the path in front of them and behind them, guarding, watching angels, so that no one can get any of this knowledge. Yani that knowledge is protected by angels. In front of it and, be, and behind it. Also, in uh, Surah Al-Luqman, chapter 31-34, where Allah mentions the five matters, which are five of the matters that are exclusive to Allah alone. Here, Allah says, "Inna Allah indahu al-musta'a." That's verily Allah. It is with Him the knowledge of the hour, the knowledge of judgment, the day of judgment, the time of judgment, it is with Allah alone. إِنَّ اللَّهَ عِنْدَهُ وَيُنَزِّلُ الْغَيْثِ And He is the one who sends down the rain and the only one who knows يعني, this such matter, if it will come or how much it will come or when it will come, even though the weather forecasters uh, think that they can predict such, but they are often wrong. They are only able to predict to a certain extent because Allah has set laws, universal laws in motion. And they came to know about some of these laws, and based on that, they tried to predict. But even we found that even with those universal laws which are fixed, sometimes Allah may change the direction of things, and they will predict one thing, it will be other than what they predicted. And that's why the mu'min, the believer, who understands Islam, if he is a weather forecaster, he says, tomorrow it will rain, bimashiyatillah, insha'Allah. And if it is Allah's will, because Allah is the only one who controls such and the only one who knows for sure about what will, whether it will rain or not. وَيَعْلَمُ مَا فِي الْأَرْحَامِ And Allah, He is the one who knows what's in the wombs, in the stomachs of the women. Although, again, we find the medical people using this uh, sonogram or other uh, modern uh, technology, they said they can look at what is in the womb and detect is it masculine or feminine, is it going to be a male or a female, boy or girl. Uh, and usually they are pretty accurate if they, after a certain period of time. Because the fetus is formed to a certain extent, it becomes clear after a certain period. But even if we give them that, uh, as some of our scholars said, but ma, al, that which is in the arham, in the womb of the women, is knowledge beyond just is it masculine or feminine. But what's even more important than that, what is that which is in the womb, what will be its lifespan, what will be its actions in this world, what will be its destination in the next life, what will be its, its sustenance in this world, and so on. And no one knows such. When that uh, fetus is in the womb, no one knows what is going to be. Is it going to be a believer, a disbeliever? Will it end up in the paradise, in the hellfire? What will it do when it comes into this world? How long will it live? No one knows such except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَا نَفْسٌ مَاذَا تَقْسِبُوا غَدًا And no soul, no person knows what it will earn tomorrow. No one knows what they will do tomorrow. 
not only earn in terms of wealth, but what will you do? What will you earn in terms of deeds tomorrow? Will you do good deeds or evil deeds? Will you get wealthy tomorrow or otherwise be in poverty and so on? No one knows. The richest of men, like this, uh, what's this guy, uh, the computer guy? Huh? Bill Gates. <laughs> they said that every day he makes so many millions, I don't know, thousands or hundreds of thousands, every day it's coming in, rolling in, it's calculated already. But in fact, if Allah wills, tomorrow he will be in poverty. And it already happened to people in the past. Only Allah knows what anyone will earn for tomorrow. Whoever predicts and thinks that they are going to be earning so much salary next month or next week, or profits from their business, or whatever they think, no one actually knows what will they earn tomorrow, except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the last of them, وَمَا تَضَرِي نَفْسٌ and no one knows in what land it will die. If they will die in the land they are in today, or tomorrow maybe they may end up in another place, even perhaps some place they've never been to in their life, and they may die in that land, only Allah knows. These are things that are known to Allah alone, and it is reported in the authentic hadith in Al-Bukhari, that the Prophet said, that the keys of the unseen are five, and then he mentioned these five things that are in this ayah, that is, that only Allah knows the hour and the matter of the rain and that which is in the wombs and what a person will earn in the future and in what land they will die. Here, there is some commentary that is important by Shaykh Abdulaziz ibn Baz, Hafidhullah. He mentions here concerning these uh, terminologies that's used by Imam Al-Tahawi Ilm Al-Mafqood the knowledge that is inaccessible or lost knowledge and the Ilm Al-Mawjood the present knowledge which is accessible to the human beings he said by Ilm Al-Mafqood or lost knowledge he means the knowledge of the unseen this is only for Allah Almighty whosoever or whoever amongst the human beings claims to possess it is an infidel a kafir a disbeliever because Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَعِنْدَهُ مَفَاتِحِ الْغَيْبِ لَا يَعْلَمُهَا إِلَّا هُوَ That the keys of the unseen are with Allah and no one knows them except Him. This is mentioned in Surah Al-An'am chapter 6 verse 59. No one knows this knowledge. No one has it except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also Allah confirms this in Surah Al-Naml chapter 27 verse 65 where He says قُلْ لا يعلم من في السماوات والأرض الغيب إلا الله. That no one in the heavens or the earth. That means including the human beings, the prophets, as well as the angels. No one in the heavens or in the earth has knowledge of الغيب, unseen, إلا الله except Allah سبحانه وتعالى. And then he also mentioned uh, the ayah um, that we just mentioned that verily with Allah is the knowledge of the hour. And the, he's the one who sends down the rain, and he knows what is in the wombs, and no soul knows what it would earn tomorrow, nor does anyone know in what land it would die. Inna Allah alimul khabir, verily Allah he is, alim, the all-knowing khabir, aware of everything. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, though he is the best of creatures, and the leader of the prophets and messengers, and the most knowledgeable of all human beings, even he, Muhammad, the last of the messengers of Allah and the chosen of the messengers sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam even he does not have knowledge of the unseen. 
So what about other than him? How can some shaykh or some alim or any person who claims whatever he claims, how can he claim to have knowledge of the unseen when even the best and the most favored of the prophets and messengers, Muhammad wasallam, doesn't have knowledge of such? And the proofs of this are many. One of them, as Shaykh Abdul Aziz bin Baz mentions, is the time when some people slandered Aisha radiallahu anha and the Prophet ﷺ was very troubled. He was troubled. He didn't know whether she was totally innocent of the accusations or not until revelation came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He didn't know. And he was troubled by such. And he went to Ali and he went to her maid and he went to so many people asking, do you know anything about her? Is there any indication of such? He believed her, but at the same time there was the absence of perfect knowledge which only is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so he had to wait until revelation came to confirm her innocence radiallahu anha another example of this is when Aisha's necklace was lost during a journey and the Prophet sent some of his companions out to look for it and he was unaware of where it was and didn't come to know until the camel rose up and it was there underneath the camel in front of them but he didn't have knowledge of the unseen. This knowledge is only with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what about anyone else who claims to have knowledge of the unseen? And there are many evidences of such. The next point, point number 47, Imam al rahimahullah, says to us, وَنُؤْمِنُوا بِاللَّوْحِ وَالْقَلَمِ we believe in the lawh, lawh al-mahfuz, the preserved or the protected tablet. Wal-qalam and the pen. Wabijami'i ma fihi qad rukim. And everything that has been written in that lawh al-mahfuz. We believe in it, all of it. Falaw ijtama'a al-khalq kulluhum ala shay'in katabahu Allah ta'ala. Yani if the whole of the creation, all the creatures came together in reference to something that Allah has written in the Lawh al-Mahfuz Yani ala shay'in katabahu Allah ta'ala fihi annahu ka'in liyaj'aluhu ghayra ka'in lam yaqdiru alayhi Yani if all of the people or all of the creatures came together in reference to a thing that Allah has written in the Lawh al-Mahfuz, in the preserved tablet that it will come it will happen and they tried to stop it they would not be able the whole of creation couldn't come together and stop something that Allah has written already in the Lawh al-Mahfuz وَلَوْ اجْتَمَعُوا كُلُّهُمْ عَلَى شَيْءٍ لَمْ يَكْتُبْهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى فِيهِ لِيَجْعَلُوهُ كَائِنًا لَمْ يَقْدِرُوا عَلَيْهِ and if they came together to try to bring something into existence or to cause anything to happen if the whole of creation came together to try to make something happen which Allah did not write in Allah al-Mahfud that it would happen they would never be able to do so and finally Imam al-Tahawi closed this point by saying جف القلم بما هو كائن إلى يوم القيامة وما أقطع العبد لم يكن ليصيبه وما أصابه لم يكن ليقطيعه that the pen the the pen has dried with that which is going to come into existence until the day of resurrection yeah, and it has already been written there's no more writing to be done concerning that which Allah has put into Allah al-Mahfuz it is written, it is dried, it is finished and whatever 
afflicts or befalls someone uh, I mean pass by someone then there's no way that it could have befallen him yeah, I and mean, whenever that matter is finished and it didn't afflict him or befall him then it, it, is, it became known then that it could not have befallen him and whatever afflicted him uh, then it could not have passed him by yeah, and it, whenever anything happens in the lives of the creatures when it took place then we say it is finished the matter is finished it is as Allah decreed it to be it could not have been otherwise don't say if only I had did such and so or if only I had not went it wouldn't have afflicted me it wouldn't have happened if only I would have changed the date of my traveling I wouldn't have been on that train or that plane or in that car that was in an accident no when it happened no for sure it couldn't have passed you by and whatever passed you by there was no way it could have happened some person missed their flight and, it, and it, the plane crashed and perhaps they might be thinking I almost got on that plane if I would have got on it no you couldn't you couldn't have gotten on it because it was already written whatever passed you by it wasn't to afflict you this is something that the Muslim should understand and believe in because it gives us tranquility and peace and satisfaction in this life when something happens to us that's difficult an affliction, a hardship, calamity then we accept it and are pleased with Allah's decree and we live with it and anything otherwise the opposite then we also thank Allah for such and we submit to Allah's decree and know that it is by Allah's will and whatever Allah will it will be and whatever He doesn't will it cannot be uh, here, the Shaykh Muhammad al-Khumis, Hafizahullah, he says, uh, We believe with certain definite faith, and we confirm the truthfulness that the lawh, or the preserved tablet, al-lawh al-mahfuz, that it is a fact, it is true. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, in Surah Al-Buruj, chapter 85, verse 21 and 22, بَلْ هُوَ قُرْآنٌ مَجِيدٌ فِي لَوْحٍ مَحْفُودٌ That no indeed it is a noble Qur'an Qur'anun Quran, Majid فِي لَوْحٍ مَحْفُودٌ In a tablet that is preserved or protected This is one of the proofs of such and there are other proofs uh, He mentions only this one He says that this لَوْحٍ مَحْفُودٌ It is that which Allah or that where Allah has written the decrees of everything in the creation it is written in Allah al-Mahfud and the qalam or the pen which is mentioned here it is that pen which Allah created and he wrote with it in the Allah al-Mahfud the decrees of everything in the creation as the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in the authentic hadith recorded by uh, Abu Dawood, Imam Abu Dawood and Imam Al-Tirmidhi and it is an authentic hadith uh, and there are many narrations of it but one of those narrations which has been declared to be authentic he said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam awwalu ma khalaq Allah al-qalam qala uktub qala ma aktub qala uktub maqadira كل شيء حتى تكون الساعة. يعني the first thing that Allah created was the pen, or when Allah first created the pen. There are difference of opinion about the meaning of these words. Does it mean when Allah first created the pen, 
or the first thing that he created was the pen and it's possible both meanings are possible أول ما خلق الله القلم يعني when Allah first created the pen وأول ما خلق or the first thing that Allah created was القلم either one of these meanings could be correct in any case when Allah first created the pen or the first thing Allah created was the pen then he said أكتب he said to the pen write the pen said ما أكتب what shall I write he said write the maqadir the decrees of everything that will happen and everything that will take place until the hour of judgment until the day of judgment this hadith is reported by Abu Dawood and At-Tirmidhi so here he says that everything is written in Allah and if the whole of the creation tried to <coughs> stop something that Allah decided or to bring something into existence that Allah didn't decree, they would not be able to do it. The pen is dry with what Allah decreed to be until Yawm Qiyamah. There's no way that it can be changed. And whatever has befallen or whatever has passed by any person, it could not have befallen him and whatever has befallen him could not have passed by him. Whatever Allah wills will be and whatever Allah does not will will not be. Uh, and this is based on, he says here, this is based on the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This last statement or these last two statements are based on the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam that's reported in the Sunan of At-Tirmidhi and it is a Hassan or At-Tirmidhi said Hassan Sahih. That means that uh, as we mentioned previously, Hassan Sahih is a particular terminology and we should be aware of this at least in brief. Uh, we know what is the meaning of Hassan, it means a good hadith that's acceptable as a proof and Sahih means an authentic hadith, the highest grade which is obviously more acceptable as a proof Al-Tirmidhi, Al-Imam Al-Tirmidhi who was a great scholar of hadith used to use this terminology and he was one of the first people to use it Hassan Sahih, the scholar said that he meant by that 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 hadith came by more than one chain of narrators one of them being Hassan and the other one being Sahih and some of the scholars said that it might also mean Hassan Sahih that is that there is some one of the narrators or some of the narrators in the chain of narration for that hadith if it only came from one chain there was not more than one then it means in that case that one of the narrators in the chain of narration in the Isnad was a narrator that the scholars of hadith differed about some of them said that he was Siqa which means his hadith means he was a very strong and good reliable narrator means that his hadith would be Sahih and some of them said that he was not siqa, he was less than that, which means that his hadith would be hasan. So here, because the scholars differed about the grade of that narrator, then the grade of the hadith that he reported, there's difference about it. Is it hasan or sahih? So Imam At-Tirmidhi used to say, for such hadith, hasan, sahih. In any case, it is an acceptable and a good hadith, at least of the grade of hasan, if not higher than that. In this hadith which is reported by Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma, may Allah be pleased with him and his father, he said, وَعَلَمْ أَنَّ الْأُمَّةِ لَوْ اجْتَمَعُوا عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَنْفَعُوكَ بِشَيْءٍ لَمْ يَنْفَعُوكَ إِلَّا بِشَيْءٍ قَدْ كَتَبَهُ اللَّهُ لَكَ That if the whole of the nation, the whole of humanity were to come together to try to give you some benefit with something, ah, <coughs> uh, it would, they would not be able to benefit you with anything 
except that Allah, that which Allah has already written or decreed for you. And if Allah didn't decree or already write some benefit for you, then all of the whole of creation, if they came together to try to help you or to benefit you with something, <coughs> they would never be able to do so. وَلَوْ اجْتَمَعُوا عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَضُرُّوكَ بِشَيْءٍ لَمْ يَضُرُّوكَ إِلَّا بِشَيْءٍ قَدْ كَتَبَهُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكَ And if all of humanity tried to come together to cause some harm to you, they would not be able to cause any harm to you. Unless Allah had already decreed that harm to be caused for you. And this is why the Prophet ﷺ and the Sahaba and the believers who came after them, who have a high degree of iman and faith and trust in Allah, were confident and sure that the disbelievers could not cause any harm to them except that which was already decreed by Allah. So they didn't fear the disbelievers. They didn't fear the tyrants, however terrible or tyrannical or powerful they would be because they knew that they must do what Allah has ordered to be done no matter whatever the disbelievers or the tyrants are pleased with or, or displeased with and the disbelievers and the tyrants cannot cause any harm nor can they give you any good except that which has already been written by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and finally the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said رُفِيَتْ الْأَقْلَامِ وَجُفَّتْ الصُّحُفِ that the pens have been lifted and the pages have been dried yani the pens have been lifted from writing the decree and the pages have been dried so that there is no changes and this is the topic actually that requires some detail we will not tonight go into detail in it but we will give you some references insha'Allah where you can look at more details about the subject of Al-Qadr Al-Qadr to see in fact that this is a general statement here from the Prophet sallallahu uh, that can that also should be considered in light of other statements that he made about more specific details insha'Allah I'll explain yeah, I mean, briefly what I mean by that I mean to say that what has been written in Allah al-Mahfuz it is confirmed and established not to be changed. But there are other writings also, like the writing that took place at the time of the creation of Adam, what will happen to Adam and also his offspring, and the writing that takes place uh, when the fetus is in the womb after uh, 120 days, what will be the lifespan and the uh, uh, sustenance and the actions of that person and their destination. Um, also this writing is taking place as well as the writing that's taking place uh, in the yearly decrees that are taking place as well as daily. So that uh, there's يعني, two points here. One, the general uh, decree that is superseding everything in Allah al-Mahfuz and there are other writings taking place by the angels and those things might be changed according to Allah's will Allah has set into motion certain things a person may do some bad deeds and it may be written by the angels who write their bad deeds and it might be erased, it might be removed if the person does some things that Allah has legislated to remove bad deeds for example so that those deeds may remain or they may be removed from your Surah Al-Ra'ad, chapter 13, verse 39, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, That Allah removes whatever He wills from the records, and He confirms and makes firm and established whatever He wills, 
Umul Kitab. But with him is the mother of the book, the source, the origin that means Allah Mahfuz. Allah may remove from the other writings whatever He wills, and He may make firm and establish whatever He wills. But with Him is that which doesn't change, that is Umul Kitab or Allah Al Mahfuz. Some of the scholars said that this ayat is in reference to the legislations of the previous prophets. Allah removed some of those legislations with the final sharia of Muhammad sallallahu the last of the messengers. And some of those legislations he confirmed and made established even in the sharia of Muhammad sallallahu the last of the messengers. And some of them said no it means the daily deeds of the human beings that Allah makes some of them to be, he removes some of them and he makes some of them to remain in their records. Uh, also you can just look at uh, Surah Al-Qalam chapter 68 verse 1 through 6 where Allah mentions Al-Qalam where he says Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Noon wal-Qalam wal-Qalami wa ma yasturun Allah is making an oath here, swearing by noon with some of the scholars. Ibn Kathir mentions a number of different opinions. He says some of them means it means those letters that begin surahs, like uh, Alif, Lam, Mim, Noon, and so on, Saad. Some of the scholars said this is the meaning, and some of them said here, uh, Noon means the container in which ink is kept that the writing was done with from the pen. Here it's mentioned, and, and Ibn Kathir says that this is really appropriate to the meaning here, where it says, Noon wal-qalami wa ma yasturun. Yani Noon, the ink pot, wal-qalam and the pen, wa ma yasturun, that which is written by it. And there are other opinions, some said that it means, Noon also linguistically means the fish, and some of them said it means otherwise. In any case, uh, this is uh, the mention of the pen and the writing is here in this chapter 68 verse 1 through 6 uh, the last point that we will mention inshallah is point number 47 or 48 where Al-Imam Al-Tahawi Rahimahullah says that every person should know that the knowledge of Allah his knowledge preceded everything yani that Allah knew everything before its existence everything that's going to come into existence of his creatures his knowledge precedes all of that فَقَدَّرَ ذَلِكَ تَقْدِيرًا مُحْكَمًا مُبْرَمًا and Allah has decreed this thing yani based on his knowledge he has decreed everything in a detailed and decisive and definite way he has decreed it and in what Allah has decreed there is no naqid anything that can contradict what he has decreed and nothing that can come after him 
يعني to change what he has decreed or to uh, remove or to delay what Allah has decreed ولا مزيل nothing that can erase or remove what he has decreed ولا مغير not to change it and in the, nus- in the copy of Al-Aqidah Tahawiyah that I was reading by uh, with the commentary of Sheikh Abdul, Sheikh Abdul Aziz bin Baz Hafizullah there's an expression here that's not in the original book of Al-Tahawiyah the explanation of Ibn Abdul Iz nor is it in the commentary or in the text of the commentary of Sheikh, uh, Sheikh, Muhammad, ibn, uh, Sheikh Muhammad Nasruddin Al-Albani I don't know really which one is correct but apparently this expression most of the copies that I looked in of different commentaries I didn't find it in any case it's mentioned here وَلَا مُحَوِّلٌ nor يعني, is there anything that can transfer what Allah has decreed from one place or from one thing to another it is mentioned in the text like this the other transcripts didn't mention this expression the other transcripts only mentioned لَيْسَ فِيهِ نَاقِدٌ there's no one that there's nothing that can contradict his decree وَلَا مُعَقِّبٌ nor anything that can delay it وَلَا مُزِيلٌ nor anything that can remove it or erase, erase it وَلَا مُغِيرٌ nor anything that can change it and here only in this uh, text or in this uh, transcript it says وَلَا مُحَوِّلٌ nor anything that can transform that thing from one place to another or from one thing to another وَلَا نَاقِسٌ وَلَا زَاعِدٌ مِنْ خَلْقِهِ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِهِ وَأَرْضِهِ and there is no increase or decrease nor any increase in his creation in the heavens nor in the earth uh, this is in reference to Allah's ilm, his knowledge as well as in reference to Allah's decreeing of the things that are going to happen in the creation then he says وَذَلِكَ مِنْ عَقْدِ الْإِيمَانِ and this statement, the acceptance of it and belief in it is one of those things that is a necessity for one's iman to be proper and complete and perfect it is a necessity to believe in it and to accept it المعرفه, and it is of the fundamentals of knowledge that is required for the believer to know and it is in, of the necessary things that the believer must confess to and must Yani confirm of the Tawheed of Allah in reference to his Rububiyyah Yani this is part of the Tawheed of Rububiyyah Remember we said that the Tawheed is divided into different divisions Some divided into two, some into three and some into four But we have mostly been using the division into three The Tawheed of Rububiyyah Allah's Lordship, He is the Creator, the Owner, the One who gives life and death And controls the affairs of the universe And the Tawheed, uh, Al-Asma wa Sifat That Allah alone has the perfect names and characteristics And Al-Tawheed Al-Uluhiyyah or Ubudiyyah, the Tawheed, which means that Allah is the only one that should be worshipped. Here, this discussion of Al-Qadr Al-Qadr and these matters which we have discussed here fall under the division of a Tawheed or Ubudiyyah, of Allah being the Lord and the ruler and the owner and the possessor and the controller of the universe. The Qadr is part of Tawheed or Ubudiyyah. So here he said it is a necessity to confess to this, these things in order for and if a person to, to have proper iman, they must confess to the tawheed uh, of Allah's rububiyyah in concerning this matter. And this is, as Allah said in the Quran, in one place in Surah Al-Furqan, I think that's chapter 25, uh, Surah Al-Furqan, verse 2. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَخَلَقَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ 
فَقَدَّرَهُ تَقْدِيرًا That Allah, He is the one who has created all things, He has created everything, and He ordered them in due proportions. يعني that their proportions are set properly and completely and perfectly by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the one who created everything and set the bounds or the measurement for everything in the creation, how it will be, what will happen to it, and so on. And in another place where Allah says in Surah Al-Ahzab, uh, chapter 33, verse 38, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And the command of Allah, or the order of Allah, yani is a thing that is decreed and determined. It is definite. It is set by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So woe, Imam Tahawi says, woe to those فَوَيْلٌ لِمَنْ صَارَ لِلَّهِ تَعَالَى فِي الْقَدْرِ خَصِيمًا وَأَحْضَرَ لِلنَّظَرِ فِيهِ قَلْبًا سَقِيمًا لَقَدْ إِلْتَمَسَ بِوَحْمِهِ فِي فَحْسِ الْغَيْبِ سِرًّا كَتِيمًا وَعَادَ بِمَا قَالَ فِيهِ أَفَّاكًا أَثِيمًا الإمام التهاوي close this point but a very strong statement concerning the matters of a qadr and seeking the knowledge of qadr and so on and, and delving into these matters or questioning Allah about them. Uh, he says, so woe to anyone who argues with Allah concerning the decree or opposes Allah or differs with Allah concerning the qadr and who comes with a qalban saqiman means sick heart, person who comes with a sick heart and begins delving into these matters yeah, and he's searching, looking into these things with a sick heart and searching into these things attempting yeah, to investigate the unseen according to Wahm, his imagination or his own yeah, thinking searching into the matters of the unseen uh, those matters which are secret and which are sealed by Allah Sirran Katiman then that person will return or they will come back after doing such uh, they will end up as a afakan atheman yani a liar kadhab and a uh, evil doer a sinner yani whoever does such will become a liar and also a sinner yani it is sinful to do such to search into these matters and to delve into them deeply beyond the knowledge that Allah has given to us in the revelation in the Quran or in the authentic sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The explanation of this point by Al-Imam uh, Shaykh uh, Muhammad al-Khunis, Hafizahullah, may Allah protect and preserve him. In brief he says uh, that it is obligatory, it is mandatory for every servant of Allah to know, to be aware and to have certain knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has previous knowledge of everything that's going to come into existence from his creation. That Allah knew everything before He created it. And that means in general as well as in detail. Allah's knowledge is in general of everything as well as He has detailed knowledge of everything. And Allah has decreed these things with a certain and definite decree which there can be no contradicting it, nor delaying it, nor removing it, nor changing it. There is no decrease or increase in Allah's creation or His creatures in the heavens nor in His creatures in the earth nor that which is between the heavens and the earth everything Allah has knowledge of everything 
He is the one who has set the decrees concerning it and he has written it. And this knowledge is of the necessities of Iman, that a person must have such knowledge, that Allah has the knowledge of everything and believe in it and be certain about it. It is of the fundamentals that a person must have in their knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the knowledge of the tawheed of rububiyyah. This is of the fundamentals that a person should have such knowledge uh, and must confirm this knowledge in order for their iman or faith to be complete. For this reason, Allah says in the Quran, the ayat that we mentioned already in Surah Al-Furqan, that Allah created everything and He said it with a definite يعني, qadr and that the affair of Allah is يعني, by His decree set uh, and that Allah has knowledge of everything that will be He has written it in the Lawah Al-Mahfuz, the preserved tablet He has written it, He has willed it, and He has created it يعني, Not only Allah has knowledge of everything but the four levels of qadr, we said that Allah has knowledge of everything, He has also written it, He has also willed it, and He is, he is the creator of it. There is no creator other than Allah, whether it is evil deeds or good deeds of His creatures, Allah is the creator of everything. Whoever opposes Allah, or, or debates or argues with what Allah has decreed, that person uh, has become a liar. Woe to the one who denies the knowledge of Allah, the Lord of the world, and His ability to bring into existence whatever He wills. Woe to the one who looks into the matters of Al-Qadr with a sick heart, who goes astray from the knowledge or the correct knowledge of the truth and the correct way, because they depended on their own thinking, on their own whims and wishes, or their desires, and they search into the secrets of the unseen, which is the secret knowledge which Allah has sealed, of Qadr and otherwise and he has kept it from all of his creatures then he says finally يعني, that whoever does such then that person would fall into sin and they would become a liar if they deny anything from the Qadr of Allah uh, that which Allah has kept uh, which Allah has prohibited from his servants to have the knowledge of such and he has prohibited us from seeking it, seeking it or investigating it or trying to uncover it. So these are the points that we want to cover today. Uh, these are just some details, more details or specifics of the matter of Al-Qadr and Qadha which we covered yani, previously in general and these are some more details. Yani, part of the Qadr and Qadha is that which is written, the Lawh Al-Mahfud concerning that and that which it was written by Al-Qalam, the pen uh, and there are some questions here from the sisters, so let us stop here. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ashadu an la ilaha ila anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. If there are any corrections or any comments uh, from the brothers, maybe we'll take one and one. Uh, and maybe if some of these questions are not related to our topic, we will skip them for another time. <laughs> uh, if something awful or something, some awful thing happens to someone as it is, already written uh, in Lawh al-Mahfuz does it mean that the person who made that awful thing Allah makes easy for him to do such is it this thing unfair what about that person's brain which controls actions of choosing the good and bad actions is his brain still under Allah's will that he will that he will such bad action there then where is the justice 
And in this question, actually, we have addressed it so many times already since we started talking about Al-Qadha. But anyway, perhaps there's someone new with us, so we will attempt to answer it at least in brief. If somebody does something awful or terrible or commits a sin, as it is written in Allah Mahfuz, does this mean that the person who did that thing, that Allah made it easy for him? First of all, we have to understand that Allah gives the human being knowledge of right and wrong and calls us and encourages us to do right by offering paradise and the rewards for good deeds and he discourages us from doing wrong by threatening with punishment for, for disobedience. Allah gives the human being the will himself to choose though once you know right from wrong to choose to do what you want to do and then according to the person's choice according to their own free will and knowledge of right and wrong then if the person choose to go wrong Allah makes easy for them to do that which they turn themselves to whoever choose to do good after knowing right from wrong and seeking the pleasure of Allah by obeying him Allah makes easy for you to do good this is justice. This, this is where the justice is. The justice is that Allah shows us right from wrong and encourages us to do right by offering us great rewards and discourages us from doing wrong by terrible punishments and threats. Then Allah gives us the ability to choose and the ability to execute our choice. Then this is justice. If you choose to do wrong, then it's justice. Then Allah makes it easy for you to do that which you want to do. And if you choose to do good, Allah makes it easy for you. All you have to do is know that it's right and choose to seek the pleasure of Allah. Allah makes it easy for you. This is just and this is fair. Does this mean that uh, is this thing unfair? What about the person's brain which, is con- which controls his actions of choosing good and bad? Is his brain still under Allah's will? Yeah, and he, we said before that Allah's will supersedes everyone, everything. But the human being also has will. The will of the human being is subject to Allah's will, meaning that Allah is the one who gave him a will and Allah is the one who gave him the ability to execute his will that means that the human being cannot have a will except that Allah gave it to him and the human being does not have the ability to do anything except that Allah gave them to gave them the ability therefore we say that it is only by Allah's will that you have a will and that you have the ability to execute your will in that sense everyone's will is subject to Allah's will but in the end you are responsible for your actions because you know right from wrong and you choose to do right or you choose to do wrong so you are responsible for what you have done so uh, the person's brain controls his actions <laughs> yeah, yeah. but after you have chosen to do what you want to do uh, so where's the justice I think it's clear concerning the final action that human beings will be judged that person will go to paradise or to hell how can we avoid from the latter yani the hellfire that is going to the hellfire give us some advice and Reminders, Jazakallah khair. Da'ani, this is uh, what we talk about usually on Friday, <laughs> how to avoid the hellfire and how to go to paradise. Um, in brief, the way to avoid the hellfire is to avoid disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and avoid disobedience to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Da'ani, the most important thing to avoid shirk, which is the, most, the greatest of all sins, and then to avoid the major sins, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised that whoever avoids the major sins then Allah will forgive them the minor sins and also the way to avoid the hellfire that if we fell into sin then we should immediately repent and seek Allah's forgiveness whoever repents sincerely Allah wipes away those sins good deeds also wipe away sins or remove sins so the way to avoid hellfire is to avoid 
shirk and avoid major sins as best as you can and when you fall into any sin to seek Allah's forgiveness by repenting to him and by doing good deeds to remove those uh, bad deeds this is the best uh, any summary that I can give you of any advice uh, is there any questions or comments from the brothers before we answer the last question from the sisters perhaps it's almost time for salat now any comments or question from the brothers then the last question from the sisters assalamu alaikum please explain why some people have dreams which come true I don't know I cannot explain uh, I don't know the subject well of dreams there's a book of, uh, there's one good book that I know of the best book that I know of concerning this topic which relates authentic hadith only and explanations from the Prophet ﷺ concerning dreams is the book of dreams by Dr. Bilal Phillips it is the best book that I think is available in English language and perhaps it's probably better than any book even in Arabic language because most of the books even in Arabic language rely upon hadith in general not making a distinction between authentic or unauthentic hadith and Dr. Bilal Phillips uh, may Allah bless and reward him greatly spent a lot of time and effort to research this topic and to uh, extract the authentic hadith concerning dreams from the books of hadith from Bukhari and Muslim and Abu Dawood and all the books that are available and to collect them in an organized fashion in order to understand from the authentic hadith what are the rules concerning dream interpretation and the matters related to dreams that's the best I can do to refer you to that book inshallah it is available and it is very very uh, beneficial secondly is it true that there is sound hadith which say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may change a decree because of one's dua uh, naam it is true it is authentic hadith but the meaning of this hadith is that Allah may change for example the not what is in the lawh al-mahfud but what is known to the angels the decrees that are known to the angels that is revealed for example or that is written at the time of the person being in the, in the womb when the spirit, the ruh is breathed into the person and those matters are written uh, or the yearly or daily decrees that are written it's possible that Allah may change such by dua the Prophet ﷺ said that nothing can change or reject or push back the qadr except dua لا يرد القدر إلا الدعاء that means that if a person uh, there is some affliction going to befall them that they may supplicate Allah sincerely and Allah may answer their supplication by preventing that affliction from befalling them or by uh, storing up some good in the next life for them even if that affliction befell them and they bore it patiently and so on perhaps if Allah chooses to, to push away or to repulse that affliction then it, may, it will be repulsed and that means the decree or that which is written known to the angels would be changed but that uh, which is written with the angels is not the, the knowledge that's known only to Allah so that the angels knew that this affliction was going to befall that person but Allah knew also beyond that that the person was going to supplicate to him and that he would answer their supplication and that is the decree that is unchanged and that's what's known to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also it is recorded authentically in hadith that a person's sustenance, their provisions might be increased because of obedience to Allah because of keeping good relations with their families and relatives and so on or a person's lifespan may be also increased uh, by such things as uh, keeping family ties and doing good deeds and su so on and su such 
But these increase in sustenance or in lifespan or whatever, any such changes, those things are already known to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that the person is going to do those good deeds or not going to do them. That his lifespan would be increased or not, that his sustenance would be increased or not. All of this is in Allah al And this is from the ayah that we mentioned, that which Allah, if He wills, He may yamhu ma yasha. He removes what He wills, or yusbit ma yasha, or He may keep confirmed whatever He wills. But all of it, what He is going to remove or erase, and what He is going to keep firm, all of it is already known to Allah from the beginning of the creations of the heavens and the earth. He already knows all of this, so this is, uh, in brief, the answer to your question. Last week you mentioned the difference of the scholar's opinion regarding the permissibility of abortion. Please explain the differences. Is it based on the stage of development of the fetus? That is permissibility before 120 days. I must admit that uh, this topic is, uh, yani is not something that I have uh, read in detail. I haven't read much of the medical Islamic books uh, concerning medical matters. So I don't want to say anything in any more detail than what I already said. And uh, what I said before is that the scholars differed. Uh, basically, on this topic, the main point that they differed about is the time period after which it is not permissible to make abortion. And that is primarily after 120 days because many of the scholars said that's when the ruh is breathed into the fetus and therefore becomes a living being and after that point yani, the, the performing of abortion is not allowed. Other scholars said even before that and some said that it's not originally allowed yani, even at any point. And Allah knows best which opinion is the correct opinion. Uh, for sure some type of abortion, as I said, yani, or what might be considered, uh, I don't know if it's not abortion, but some type of uh, control of, uh, yani, um, what do you call this, huh? birth control, yes, uh, such as the prevention of the uh, conception in the womb at the time of intercourse between husband and wife by whatever means, by some kind of device or by not having sexual relations at certain time in the month when conception takes place or otherwise. It is generally uh, accepted amongst the majority of scholars as far as I know that this is allowed. And it is allowed because the Prophet ﷺ allowed it in his time when some people said can they uh, do azal, that is have sexual relations and then stop the sexual contact at the point when they are going to have ejac- ejaculation so that they would not conceive. And he allowed it. And he said in any case whatever Allah decrees is going to be. Even if you do that, or you use other means that the people have developed today, whatever Allah decreed is going to be. <laughs> and if Allah decreed those children for you, they are going to be. Birth control, uh, abortion, conception, uh, means, whatever, whatever Allah decreed is going to be. Don't uh, run away from what Allah has decreed. Just accept Allah's decree. And be pleased, if Allah gives us many children, this is a ni'mah, a mercy from Allah, and Allah is the one who feeds you as well as those children. Don't say a poverty, Allah is rich and He is able to give yani, for us and for whoever He may give to us of our children. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayhi.